You're listening to Rama for Today. See, we ought to be out for the kingdom. Not for our own kingdom. Are you listening? Well, what's that got to do with this? If we walk in the night of season, the night we have fellowship. One with another. These little exclusive bless me clubs. Nobody comes but us. And you don't go anywhere else but here. Or out of fellowship with the rest of the body of Christ. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Today you'll hear more from Kenneth E. Hagan on Rama for Today Radio. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. If you're out of fellowship with your brother, you're not walking in the light. And he infers that there's no cleansing of your sin till you get back walking in the light. If you get off into one of these little groups, you know, that don't fellowship with anybody else. No, we forbid you. We forbid you. Think about that. Some pastor forbid Christians to fellowship with fellow Christians, with their brother and sister. Don't shout me down now because I'm preaching real good because a lot of that stuff's going on. I said a lot of that stuff's going on. Think about that. Think about that. What would you think of a daddy? Or a mother that would tell one of their children, don't you have anything to do with your brother and sister? That's the same thing, exactly the same thing. <laughs> don't have anything to do with them. Don't you have anything to do with that little, little baby because it's still wearing diapers. See, you don't wear diapers anymore. So don't you ever, don't you even love it? Don't you have anything to do with it because it's still on the bottle. And you see, you're not on the bottle anymore. Don't shout me down now because I'm preaching real good. <laughs> Come on, you might as well say amen. amen. Those folks are out of fellowship. Are you listening to me? They're claiming everybody else is out of fellowship, but they're the ones that's out of fellowship. They need to get right with God. Amen. Now, I pastored nearly 12 years. I never did tell my people, thank God I had intelligent people. Now, I realize that if a fellow had folks that weren't right bright, that you might have to try to tell them where to go and where not to go. But I had intelligent people, thank God, and spiritual people. And I never did tell them, don't go anywhere. I remember one church I pastored during World War II down in East Texas. And uh, they was... Uh, a full gospel church of my same full gospel denomination on one side of me three miles this way and another one three miles the other way. My church here right here, you see. Well, a fellow came along that wasn't of our, he's full gospel, all right, but he's not of our full gospel persuasion, you see. And so he puts up a tent right between, and I, I think he had an ulterior motive in it, all right, but that's, that's him and God. I mean, I'm not a judge. Put this tent up right between me and one of these churches, halfway, you see. Well, I'm visiting, you know, you see, we're all on the same, same street, same highway, actually. It went right through the same town. Amen. And so his tent's right up that, you see. This uh, pastor said to me, what are you going to do about that? And I said, not a thing in the world. Well, I'm going to forbid my people to go. I said, you're foolish. I said, you're foolish. Because just as sure as you tell them not to go, they'll go. Amen. 
You know, because there's too many spiritual children among us, you know. And, and, and you know, do you, you, you ever come in home, you know, with a sack or package or something, put it up in the closet and say to the kids, now, now you, don't you go in there, especially if it's close to Christmas time. <laughs> and, of course, they don't go anywhere near that. They stay completely away. No, no. Just as soon as your back's turned, they're in there. Huh? Did you ever come in just with a sack of groceries or something? The groceries would set it down in the kitchen, you know, on the, on the counter or the table or something. And say to a little kid, uh, stay out of there now, don't you get in there. And you go on the next room calling your wife or something, come back in there. And, and of course, they're just standing there looking at that sack. I mean, you know, they never bothered at all. No, no, they're right in it. Well, this man said, I'm going to forbid my people to go. I think that fellow's wrong. Well, I said, I think he's wrong too in some of his teaching. But yet there's so much of it that he's right in. Amen. You can be wrong in your head and right in your heart. No, I said, I'm not even going to mention him. I'm not even going to mention that he's there. Well, he said he's just as close to you as he is me. I think he's going to build a church and start a church. Well, I said, probably is. I don't know whether he is or not, but there's plenty of people around here, praise God. Yeah, but he's liable to get some of our members. I said, he's no threat to me. What threat is a mule barn to a grocery store? That's exactly what I said to him. I'm feeding my people. Glory to God. Well, he got up and forbid his folks to go. Lost seven of the best families in his church. Almost lost their church property because he, had, he didn't have the support of these best and most prosperous families. I never lost a person. I never even mentioned he's there. Until finally the controversy rose, people kept asking me. I thought, well, I better make a public statement. So on one Sunday morning, I said, I'm going to make one statement, and that's all I'm going to make. We have services here, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. When we have service, I expect you to be here. The rest of the time, you're intelligent, you're smart people. Go wherever you want to go, but wherever you go, just have as much sense as an old cow. Eat the hay and leave the sticks and come on back and just worship God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I never lost a member. Actually, in 12 years of pastoral work, I never did lose any members to any other church. Never. I would usually, and I meant it sincerely, about at least once every three months, sometimes a little more often, I'd make this announcement to my people. In those days, on Sunday morning, mostly just your own people there. Sunday night is evangelistic type service. But I would just make mention to my people ever so often, I want you folks to know this, I love you, I have your interest at heart. If there's any other church in town, if there's any other church anywhere close to you that you can go to, get better fed, grow spiritually, win more souls to Jesus, I insist you go. Because I have your welfare at heart. I mean, every word of it. Wouldn't have bothered me at all if somebody had said, Brother Egan, I'm going over here. I can get better fed. I said, Glory to God, go right on. I told you to. I love you. I want you to. I can win more souls over there. See, we ought to be out for the kingdom. Amen. Not for our own kingdom. Amen. Are you listening? Amen. Well, what's that got to do with this? If we walk in the night of season, the night we have fellowship. One with another. These little exclusive bless me clubs. Nobody comes but us. And you don't go anywhere else but here. Or out of fellowship. With the rest of the body of Christ. Amen. amen. You might as well say amen. 
Praise God, that's the truth. Whether you believe it or not, it's still the truth. But thank God, if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship. Everybody said, we have fellowship. We have fellowship. With a few. We have fellowship with those that I select. No, with one another. One another. One another. One another. One another. And the blood, hallelujah, of Christ Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. It is precious because of its cleansing power. Hallelujah. Now notice Colossians 1.20. Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether there be things in earth or things in heaven. His blood is precious because of its pacifying power. You see, first of all, it pacifies the broken law. And we've all sinned and broken the law of God. For the word of God says that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so, you see, through he has made peace through the blood of his cross to reconcile to himself. God did it unto himself. Hallelujah, all things. Not only does that blood, it's precious because of its reconciling, because of its pacifying power. It not only pacifies the broken law, but thank God it pacifies the guilty conscience. You know, I think that's one reason that a lot of Christians go around and feel so guilty. We have not magnified the blood of Jesus as we ought. For if they know, as they ought to know about the blood of Jesus, they'll no longer have a guilty conscience. Are you listening to me? Let's go back for a moment here to Hebrews, the 10th chapter, and pick up on the thought that the writer of Hebrews was explaining, teaching, to the Hebrew Christians. Let's start with the very first verse. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never, with those sacrifices, there under the old covenant, which they offered year by year, make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshipers once purged should have no more conscience of sins. You shouldn't have that guilt conscience. You shouldn't have any more conscience of sins. Are you hearing me? Amen. Amen. But in those sacrifices, there under the old covenant, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offerings thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared me. 
in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sins thou hast no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written to me to do thy will, O God. Above when he saith, Sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and offerings for sin thou wouldest not, neither hadest pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Welcome to Rhema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find more great materials by Kenneth E. Hagan, Kenneth W. Hagan, and the rest of the Hagan family by visiting our online bookstore. Right now, I'd like to tell you about this month's special radio offer. First in this month's offer is Kenneth Hagan and Kenneth E. Hagan's book entitled Ministering to Your Family. Next is Kenneth Hagan's three CD series, Avoiding the Trap of Offense. The last item is Lynette Hagen's DVD, Facing Your Goliath. All for the special radio price of $35. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. April 8 through 10. That's a Friday uh, through a Sunday right here on the campus. Uh, you can come and find out all about Rhema. Yes. Uh, you, you know, you get to attend some classes. Uh, there's, a, there's a night of worship. Oh, which is an uh, awesome, there's a luncheon. Awesome uh, there's just uh, all kinds of information about jobs and housing. And so, hey, just go to rbtc.org and all the details are there. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we'll continue Kenneth E. Hagan's life-changing series. That's next time on Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. <laughs> 